If you love all things gardening, why not join us at our Spring Fair from the 3rd to the 5th of May at Bewley in Hampshire. You'll find everything you need to kickstart the season. Find out more at bbcgardenersworldfair.com. See you there. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. When you want the best, you have to act fast, especially when hiring for your business. You want to find the most talented people before the competition scoops them up. And the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds top talent fast. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com Spotify. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to Garden Favourites with me, Alan Titchmarsh. This is a brand new series of podcasts about, well, some of my favourite things in the garden. Simple. Does what it says on the watering can, as they say. You see, every gardener gardens differently. We all have our favourite plants, places to visit, and tools that we think are vital, indispensable. And the key to success in those essential garden jobs. We all have our reasons for our personal choices and we love to share. Well, maybe not the tools. In this series, I'm going to share some of my favourite things with you. Not kittens, whiskers or string, but the plants I love. My horticultural holiday destinations. And some of the books and objects that have become dear to me through my gardening years. A very keen gardener friend once said to me, you know, if your garden's not looking good in June and July, you've lost the plot. And indeed, there's nothing really difficult about getting summer colour into your garden. It's when most plants seem to want to flower. So for me, cutting that list down to a few that I really wouldn't be without is quite a challenge, but it's doable. And there are certain things 
I would always want in my summer garden to give me that feeling of brilliance, the lift, the blood coursing through your veins. This is the height of the year and these are the plants which will serve me well. I've always loved penstemons. They look a bit like a rather refined foxglove and they really are incredibly easy to grow. In the olden days, penstemons were always regarded as being rather tender and if they had large leaves particularly, they would tend to suffer come the winter frosts. But nowadays, we have a lot of relatively narrow-leaved penstemons which are much better equipped to come through the winter unscathed. I tend to reduce them a little bit at the end of the year so that they go through the winter with perhaps half their growth on, about a foot high. And then, come the following spring, March, April, when growth is about to start, that's when I cut them right down to within about four inches of the ground. And they make a fresh, new, bushy plant. I do that for about two to three years maximum, and then replace them with youngsters, because the great thing about penstemons is they root like weeds from cuttings, Sandy compost, peat-free, stick them in a propagator or just stick them on the windowsill. Three or four inch long shoot tip cuttings. They root very quickly and they will replace your old plants. And up they will come with these towering wands of blooms which may be white or pink or magenta or purple and green in the case of that variety called sour grapes. What a wonderful name for a plant penstemon sour grapes for the front or the middle of a border there is absolutely nothing to beat them and they'll flower their socks off from the beginning of summer to the end of autumn people used to be very disparaging about dahlias you know, these were the plants that should be grown on allotments. You don't want them in your garden. They're far too big and brash and vulgar. And then that great gardener, Christopher Lloyd, came along and said, why is everybody being so snobbish about dahlias? They're wonderful, and indeed they are. They grow from tubers. And you can plant the dormant tubers, if you like, in your garden in April, or you can plant rooted cuttings a little bit later, end of May, when the danger of frost is past. Tubers are storage organs for food. Quite a few plants have them. The potato is a tuber. That's a stem tuber because it's got buds all over it. We call them eyes. The dahlia is a root tuber. It only has a shoot at one end, but you can divide it up if there are several shoots. But the main part of the tuber won't have any buds on it at all, so that makes it a root tuber. Give them a bit of space and they'll grow into massive plants with flowers that can be spiky cactus dahlias or decoratives with those complex round flowers, or little pom-poms. So many different flower forms and every single colour you want except blue. But planting the tubers will get quite a big plant in the first year. A lot of them need a bit of support. Dahlia stakes, one-inch square wooden stakes, pushed in alongside the plant. You'll probably have to hammer them in, to be fair. And then you can just strap in with a bit of soft twine the stems as they grow. But the great thing about dahlias is their time of flowering. They'll bloom from July right the way through to November. Now, if you're going to tell me that a plant like that isn't worth having and belongs on the allotment, well, my garden would be a poorer place without them. For late-season summer colour, dahlias are matchless and easy to propagate.
from cuttings or dividing up those tubers. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Every year at the end of August, our family used to go down to a little village called Felpham near Bognor Regis in Sussex. End of August, beginning of September. And the gardens down there were awash with enormous shrubs with dirty great mop-head flowers on them. Yep, you've guessed, hydrangeas. Really happy by the sea. It's another plant, I suppose, a bit like the dahlia that people can be a bit snooty about. But I love hydrangeas. The big pink mop heads, blue if you're on acid soil, but if you're trying to keep hydrangeas blue on chalky ground, you'll have your work cut out. You can water them with aluminium sulphate or hydrangea colourant, but that seems to me to be a bit against my organic principles. I like to grow plants that look happy where they are, rather than having to minister to them the whole time. What hydrangeas do like is moisture-retentive soil. The clue is in the name. Hydra, meaning water. So make sure that hydrangeas at least have sustenance at their roots, or you'll be an absolute slave to the hosepipe. There is one beauty that I've planted about eight or ten plants of right the way around a circular plot in my garden. She's called Annabelle. Oh, she is bonnie. All her leaves drop off quite early in autumn to the canes that are left behind and you can prune her quite severely thinning out the canes and chopping them back out will come soft downy green leaves followed in midsummer by large heads of white now annabelle at the risk of being a little too personal does need a bit of a corset she is of a, a voluptuous figure and her stems fall over if she's not restrained in some way. I've had my local blacksmith make me coronets of steel with steel hoops around them. They're rusted and I push them in. The coronets come out at the top with little bobbles on. So they look, if you imagine, like a crown. And I push these over the plants. They're about two feet in diameter. And then Annabelle grows up through them and her stems rest on them. And I leave them in all the year round. They'll last me forever. So Annabelle 
is a bit of a tricky eyed ranger in that respect, only in terms of support. But the others, particularly in a seaside garden, where there's plenty of sunshine and the soil is beautifully moist, look forward to the end of the summer holidays and the hydrangeas. They'll come earlier too, but for me, August is hydrangea month and made all the better because of it. Somebody came to look around my greenhouse and they hadn't seen my garden for about 20 years. And she walked into the greenhouse and she said, Oh, it's exactly the same as it was last time I came. And I, said, I felt a bit indignant, you know, what do you mean? I don't, it, she said, look at all these pelagoniums, look at all your geraniums. I said, I know, it was the first plant I watered when I got my job as an apprentice in a parks department in 1964, and I've loved them ever since. For me, my apprenticeship was freedom from school, having left at 15 and been allowed to go and be a gardener, which is all I ever wanted to do. And pelagoniums have had that association ever since. They flower their socks off right the way through the year, the single varieties. And the double varieties are great in summer too. But I particularly love the scented-leaved pelagoniums that have fingered leaves or little round ones. Their flowers might not be terribly spectacular, but they have aromas of roses, of citrus, of peppermint, of chocolate peppermint, even of Coca-Cola. It's quite astonishing what these fragrant pelagoniums can be fragranced with. And I do love them, and I keep taking cuttings of them. So every now and again, when a plant gets too big and leggy, cuttings taken at any time between April right the way through to the end of the year. Well, you can root them and replace your old ones with new ones, and they will never ever let you down. When it comes to being reliable, provided you give them full light, that's key. Bright sunshine, bright light, pelagoniums will never let you down. I like to grow plants in the garden to please myself, but if they please wildlife as well, then that's great. And Verbena bonariensis does both those things. I notice when I'm sitting outside on a little veranda in my garden on the Isle of Wight, and immediately below it, Viburnum bonariensis has seeded itself through the gravel path. I just watch the butterflies. They come and they go and they come and they go, and the bees arrive. And Verbena bonariensis, this strangely thin, branched plant with angled stems coming out and little tiny clusters of purpley, lilac-y coloured flowers on it. They've got loads and loads of nectar in them, and that's what the bees and the butterflies are coming for. They seed themselves around through the path, which is lovely. I pull up the ones I don't want, and come the autumn and early winter, I chop them right back down to the ground, and the bigger, older ones still come up again. There comes a point where you really do have to pull them up and say, I'm sorry, it's a youngster's turn now. But if you want one plant that's particularly good for bees and butterflies in your summer colour garden, grow Verbenum bonariensis. It's a bit like a floral curtain, because you can see through it. It's not dense, but it will bring you more pleasure than I can tell you. I wage a battle with a friend of mine because every year I try and persuade him to grow peonies. He'll have no truck with them at all. No, he said, I'm not doing that. The flowering season's far too short. I said, but look at them. Massive great flowers in, in late spring, early summer. They're glorious. They're great goblets, double 
single with golden bosses of stamens in the middle in pink and magenta and... No, I don't want them. Why? Well, they don't last long enough, he says. Well, I know they don't, but when they're out, they're gorgeous. So, I have rather a cheeky way of growing them. I grow one or two in the garden. And I like the foliage too, actually. It's sort of large, fat fingers of leaves they are. Uh, but I also grow a row of them on the veg patch. And by growing a row of peonies on the veg patch, I can cut the flowers without compunction. I know they're not doing any good there, so they might as well come in and be on the table in the kitchen or in the sitting room. And peonies as cut flowers are gorgeous. So do grow some. The great thing about them is, once they're planted and happy, you need never touch them again. They do not need dividing ever, 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 unless you want to make more of them. But when you do divide them or you do plant them, plant them shallowly. That big fat root, which looks like a sweet potato, wants to be barely underneath the surface of the soil. Set them too deeply, three or four inches down, well, they'll just be flower shy. They won't want to bloom at all. I'm, I'm sulking down here. It's too deep. Can I come up a bit? But plant them just below the surface and then you'll find they'll settle in and you really need to do nothing with them. Good, well-drained soil in a sunny spot. That's the secret with peonies. And don't be so miserable about their short season of flowering because it isn't half spectacular. If I could grow only one rose, what would it be? There's a question. Cool. Well, they're the flower of the English garden, aren't they? And the flower of summer. I like shrub roses. I like old-fashioned shrub roses. Ah, you see, there's a problem there, isn't there? Old-fashioned shrub roses, as opposed to those lovely new ones from David Austin and Peter Beals, the, the modern English roses, as we call them, they flower off and on right the way through the summer, but the old-fashioned ones, the old shrub roses, don't, do they? Well, one of them does. It's a variety called Jacques Cartier. Cartier, as in the posh jeweller. And it has flowers that are on it for most of the late spring and summer, right the way through. They're beautiful blush pink. They have a complex centre with a button eye. The most glorious scent. And they cut really well for the house. And they just keep on coming. The shrub itself will grow a good six feet high and almost as much across. But you can prune it to keep it more in check. Shrub roses generally don't like or need much pruning, but needs must. You know, sometimes you just have to snip them back a bit. But if you do want that one old-fashioned shrub rose, which has more than the normal brief season of flowering at the end of June, beginning of July, you try that shrub rose called Jacques Cartier and tell me I'm wrong. Mm, I'm saying that because I know you won't. Summer is a time for the greatest pleasure in the garden, to enjoy the abundance, really, of the amount of flowers we get and their contrasting colours. Don't get yourself too tied up with colour schemes. Just enjoy it for what it is, a glorious show of nature's bounty. Oh, and remember, every now and again, to sit down and just look at it. That's it from me, Alan Titchmarsh. Till the next time, whatever the weather... Enjoy your garden. Garden Favourites was presented by me, Alan Titchmarsh. The producer is Lucy Ditchmont. Thanks for listening to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast. 
And you can find out more about the themes we've covered today at gardenersworld.com forward slash podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please tell others about it and rate us in your podcast provider app. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify or Acast to never miss an episode. See you next time.